I think I've talked we about are this. Officially, actually going. Okay. Well, th- let's not include this, but <laughs> whatever I, you can do, whatever. I tweeted about people learn the word moot from the song Jesse's Girl mm-hmm. um, by Rick Springfield, and then I said we should thank Rick Springfield, and people must have alerts set for when anyone mentions Rick oh. Springfield because that tweet it was just like it's on fire. People are <laughs> loving it. All the Rick Spring and everyone that liked it had like Rick Springfield like cover photos and stuff, wow. and they're just like another fan. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. They have an alert set for him. The shit that people like. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, they like seeing other people like it. Yeah, yeah, because it like, validates good for you. It validates Yeah, them. good for are us. Are they like fan sites, or are they just... No, they're just people that are... They're just people that yeah. really like Rick Springfield. Wow. And they all just kind of... They would share like Rick Springfield news, or else they would uh, have their cover photo be Rick Springfield. See, that's the, I, like, I like things until there becomes like a subculture. And that's like my thing with vaping now. Like you feel like when I started out doing wrong. it, when I started out doing it, it was, I had a purpose behind it, <laughs> you know, and I still do pretty much, but now it's become this subculture and there's lingo yeah, and the, and, and it's like now there's it's this douchey thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's competitive vaping. Wow. <laughs> People right. stay. Let's in get like, into that. Let's start the podcast. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Are we just starting the podcast? Let's Go ahead. just start it now. What do you think? Okay. People- so. People like this banter at the beginning. Of your <laughs> we got to get right. back into this competitive vaping yeah. after we introduce ourselves. This is episode 42 of the podcast, and I am Casey Prop Comic. I'm Luke the Hypnotist Reader. Nice. And, uh, of course, our producer. Uh, I'm Scott Open Mic Fucker. Fuck. <laughs> 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 and our guest today is... I'm Bill... Guy that calls people open mic fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Just a wonderful, wonderful Facebooker. And this is the podcast. Nothing's too Nothing's weird. Nothing's too weird. Sorry. Yeah. I was late on that. Let's do it again. Do it at the same time like you're on Shark Tank. Let's again. all do it at the same time. One, two, three. Nothing's, Nothing's too, too weird. weird. get into it tell me about competitive vaping <laughs> <laughs> well it's just something that i saw recently it's not in... something you do i don't no, know oh god no no it that's what i was saying like when there becomes a subculture for it it it's a complete turnoff to me like now i really wish i didn't do it now i want to quit because i don't want to be lumped in with this group of people because people see you know somebody sees me with my vape and immediately they're thinking like douchebag immediately <laughs> he's trying to be like steven dorf yeah it's just this it's this crazy and i i never want to be lumped in with a group of people that have a bad stigma on them i do a good enough job of that shit myself <laughs> you know so it's like 
any little thing. It's it's like walking into a to a bar with a biker vest on with a patch on it. You know, you're like, just sending a message. Or, yeah, it's like being a a bachelorette party. Like as soon as that <laughs> bitch walks in with the crown on her yeah. head, everybody in the bar is like, oh god. Yeah. It's like you know, nobody likes them. It's no immediate. one does like them. No, nowhere it, anyone goes do they like these no, parties. Never. <laughs> but but you're just doing vaping as a as it's a way to. I quit her boredom. Yeah, well, I quit. I quit smoking pot two years ago. Right, and I quit because my kids are getting older. It's it was something that I I didn't want them to go to like their first high school party and be like, oh, that's what dad smells like, oh, you know, like because yeah. <laughs> I, I never smoked in front of them. Obviously, I mean, I had my standards, <laughs> but like, um, it, it's one of those things where it was just. Um, it was a pro I smoked all day, every day. It's, it was all I ever did. Now, oh, I shouldn't say all I ever did. Cause it wasn't like, I always had a chip on my shoulder where people think of stoners is just, you know, just sit back. So you didn't want to be in that subculture. I didn't want to be in that subculture either. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, so I needed something because I smoked out of boredom all the time. Mm -hmm. I was constantly smoking. So I needed something that I could puff on. So I felt like smoke was going into my lungs or whatever. So I started vaping because I never even smoked cigarettes. And so that's what I did. And now, like I remember the first time I walked in, and I'm even doing it now. Like I'm saying vaping instead of just like smoking an e-cig. Like I walked into a store to get some liquid. And this dude walked in that apparently the lady at the counter knew. And right away she's like, dude, I didn't know you vaped. And right there. <laughs> right in that moment, I was like, oh, fuck. I just became one of these people. Like, Come to a meeting, bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come, get this laminate so that you can get into everything. And yeah, they have competitive. I saw a video. I was in, um, I was just in Cincinnati a few weeks ago. And I went to this vape shop there. <laughs> And I was just going to get some liquid and they had a, a screen playing videos of people doing different tricks and blowing out huge <laughs> clouds. And there's like this techno music playing the whole like do 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 and they're acting like badasses, you know? Like it's all hip hoppy, like they got their hat sideways and shit, and they're just looking taking a big old rip and just blowing it all out and blowing smoke rings and then putting their finger through the smoke ring. And, how much I mean, can you do? Can they like, here's a dog. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was waiting for it to be like balloon animals. Exactly. Fucking assholes. I would God. like for one day you to just pretend to be that person though and see what people do. If they're like, will people call you out on it? Or they just be like, we just have to accept this. This is Bill and he's a vapor. Yeah. Like, Hi, my name is Bill. I'm a vapor. Of all the things I've ever wanted to be accepted for in my life. This is way at the bottom of the list. I think some people just want to belong to some kind of group of some mm-hmm. sort. You're absolutely right. Where it's like, we've got to be a part of this group. Vaping. They'll take Something us. That's or Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield, he'll take us. Something <laughs> that's bigger than yourself. Yeah. Something that validates your existence in the world. I think of this podcast as my validation. <laughs> well, I mean, because I mean, everybody's like that. And I try to keep that in mind because I do get, I get douchey about stuff. I'm, I'm the first to admit it. But like... I try to keep that in mind because that's kind of what comedy is. You know, comedy is something that made me a part of something special. Made me. But that's more what you want to be known for than the vaping. Than the vaping. (laughs) Please just like me because I write good jokes every once in a while. (laughs) Should we do, let's do a plug now while we're at the beginning of where people can find you. 
Let's tell everybody who he really is. Who, yeah, <laughs> really is. yeah, yeah. I guess we can do that. Sure. I'm too busy Fine. With <laughs> straw in my mouth. <laughs> um, well, Bill Blank is my name. That's your stage oh, name. It's my stage name. Yeah. Um, my real name. That's a whole nother story. Um, we aren't going to talk about it on the podcast. Well, we can if you <laughs> want. <laughs> if you want to talk about it, we can. I didn't want to be the. I I'm not comfortable introducing that because then it seems like I'm trying to tell everybody. And then that'll be a way for them to f- back way find me somehow. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, like you know, that's a, it's interesting. It's yeah, very it's, interesting. Um, yeah, Bill Burr is my real name. Um, spelled the same. Spelled the same. We have the same middle name, actually. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our our first meeting was was uh, pretty awkward. So you have uh, met him then? And mm-hmm. was... Yeah, we've hung out a couple times actually. Uh, it's funny because when we met. I was really young and I was really green. I was about, I want to say this was about 2004. So that was 12 years ago. So I was about 25 and, uh, I was auditioning for, well, he had heard about me from a couple of different people. Um, because his college agent called the college my sister worked at and actually talked to my sister. And my sister was like, Oh, my brother. Did she think it was you? Well, she knew we, I knew he existed oh. first because he did a he did a nooner at DMAC when I was like 19. And my friend stole the poster and brought it to me. <laughs> um, and I, I, hadn't, I wasn't doing comedy at the time. I didn't start until I was 21. But, uh, so, and I, had, I remember seeing him on MTV when I was like 16 or 17. And I, just, I was watching this thing and they come out and they're like, comedian Bill Burr. And I was like, holy shit. That's me. And actually, he was he was going by Billy Burr at the time. Uh, <laughs> and apparently talking to guys from New York, his transition from Billy to Bill was kind of a big deal. It was? Yeah. In a weird, it's, it's weird. Comedy's <laughs> weird. Um, yeah. But nothing's too weird. Nothing <laughs> is. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he had heard about nice. me. Um, Segway. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> his, uh, Let's acknowledge that for a second. <laughs> from his... From his college, his college agent had told him about me. And then I auditioned for Last Comic Standing in 2004 in Nashville. And I met some New York comics while I was there. And uh, so they had later on told him about me or whatever. And fast forward a few months later, I was going to New York and we were booked on the same show. <laughs> so I, uh, I sent him an email <laughs> And just told him, you know, hey, I'm the other Billy Burr you've been hearing about. Um, just so you know, I have no problem changing my name. Like, I knew he existed when I was first started doing open mics and stuff. Yeah. But I never thought I would get out of that. Yeah. I mean, my, my goal was to do it for a living right away from the moment I got on stage. But I still thought it was <coughs> kind of unrealistic. Yeah. And so... Plus, you'd had that name your whole life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and... <clears throat> so I was just going by that, not thinking it would, it would matter ever. Um, so I sent him the email, said, you know, I have no problem changing my name. No big deal. Um, you're a headliner. You've been around a lot longer than me. I mean, at the time he was on Chappelle's show. So like people were really starting to know. I can't imagine what I do yeah, if Jesus someone offered Christ. to change their name for me. I'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like- <laughs> his, his answer though, and it was so weird and it speaks to the different levels that we're even aspiring to or even at because his answer was... Uh, 
He's like, well, you know, that's crazy. He goes, the chances of somebody even having the same odd last name and same name yeah. is crazy. But then that person also becoming a comedian is like virtually <laughs> right. impossible. And then being on the same show. Yeah. And then he said, and he goes, as far as the business goes, you have to change your name because I'm registered SAG and AFTRA. Yeah. And you can't register under, oh. you have you can't have the same name as somebody right. else in those unions. And of course... I don't know what the hell he's talking about at the yeah. time. Like sagging after her, what the fuck? Yeah. Did you pretend to know? Because if a... someone was saying that to me, I'd be like, sure, right? right. Yeah. yeah, well, I, I mean, it was an email conversation, oh, so yeah. there, sure I didn't have to pretend. Yeah. It was just <laughs> one of those things. Where, yeah. And I was just like, uh, I, like I said, I was really young and really green. So I thought, like, all of a sudden we're going to be friends or something because we have the same name. Like, there was gonna, I think like it's he was weird the, that you're not for having the, the same name. Club. Like he yeah. was all of a sudden going to give a shit about me, you know? Well, um, I think how he far should. ahead of you was he at that point? How long has he been? He's, he's mm-hmm. over 10 years older than me. Okay. So, and Roughly he, that amount. yeah, I mean, it was, as far as I know, I, I couldn't tell you how many years he had been in comedy, but you know, he was coming up in New York, so it's a different thing because mm-hmm. New York years and other years are completely different. You're on stage so much more often, and you, you're you on TV really early if you're any good, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was all that going on. And so anyway, I go to New York, and we meet. <clears throat> there were so many people in, in New York. There's so many people on the shows, you know, that all the comics aren't there at the same time, yeah. you know, and he, he was basically closing the show out and I was way up at the beginning. So he wasn't even there when I was on stage or anything. So I was just outside and he comes walking up the street from the subway and I'm like, Hey, you know, and, and we start talking and he told me later on that he assumed when his college agent told me about me that I was like this old guy. <laughs> it was just tooling around the Midwest and I would just go away. <laughs> and then when he saw me, he was die. like, yeah, yeah, he's like, oh shit, this is a young guy. <laughs> and so I don't know if that kind of put something in the back of his head, you yeah. know, that I, he at least knew I wasn't going anywhere for a while. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, uh, we talk for a minute and then we go inside and at the time, I was—I couldn't think of anything mm-hmm. to change my name to. I had no idea. It was really hard. And so it was like up to the last minute. Yeah. Well, know. right before I went to New York, I decided oh. I would go by the initials B.F. Burr because my middle name's Frederick. So that's what they had on like the poster dad. Right. Right. Okay. Um, and so I figured at the time, like I'll make butt fuck jokes at one nighters or something. <laughs> I, I don't even know. So I'm going by B.F. Burr, and I go in. And I'm standing at the bar and I see him a little ways away, like bitching at the booker. And he says to the, I hear, I just hear him say, I heard him ask what name I was going by. The booker told him. And then he go, he's like, it's the fucking last name, man. <laughs> it's like, he's like, uh, he's like, I don't want some guy that sucks out there with my name. And so I heard that and I immediately lost all my humbleness and all my like <laughs> trying to be cool. And I got pissed off and I just kind of went from comedian to man right there. <laughs> and so I just walked across the room and I was mad and I was like, what the fuck you want my name to be, dude? Like, just give me a name. That'll be my name. Give me a name right now. That's my name. And, uh, and then he was like, Oh no, dude. And like shook my hand. He's like, I just don't want any confusion. That's all, you know? And, and I'm like, okay, so we sit and talk, and uh, 
Yeah, he said uh, at one point he asked me what my middle name was, and I said Frederick, and he's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he's like, are you a stalker? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm stalking you. I was like, <laughs> I was like if I was going to stalk somebody, I'd be walking around New York saying my name is Dave Chappelle. Like, I'm not going to fucking... And then he's like, let me see your license. So we both pull out our driver's license. <laughs> both our names are William Frederick Burr. Wow. It was just really bizarre. And uh, we hung out all night. Uh, he was totally cool. He's a totally good dude. Great. And he's a tremendous comic. Like, yeah. I have nothing but the utmost respect for him. And he's amazing on stage. He's at a level that we all wish we could be someday. And uh, later on, they went on the Rich Bitch Tour after... Um, Charlie Murphy did the Rick James stories and stuff. Mm -hmm. Bill and Charlie Murphy and Donnell Rawlings went on this thing called the Rich Bitch Tour where they were just going to clubs everywhere, the three of them. And they came to the Quad Cities in Cedar Rapids. Um, so Bill got me tickets to the show in the Quad Cities. And I went to so that show. So you guys show. did become best friends. Yeah, <laughs> not quite. Not quite. <laughs> Although I, I was going because the next day was I was going to an mm -hmm. Iowa football game. And he, I was going to get him a ticket. He was going to go with me, but it ended up being a night game. So I, he was performing that night in Cedar Rapids, so he couldn't go. But uh, So we hung out that night. Um, and then after that was when I, I was like, oh, we're friends now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and like we would email back and forth, you know, just random things. But like, like I said, I was so young and green. That like I'd be sending him like career updates and shit. Like, <laughs> just did my first full week at a real club, you know. Like he's gonna give a fuck. Like, <laughs> he should have. So, now I, think, I feel mad at him that he didn't. I think probably at some point I creeped him out because then like, and he also got really busy too. So like, I think at some point he was just kind of like, okay. I'm I'm feeling I think he felt pressured to have to answer my emails. Yeah. You know. You share. So he just it's like not, ghosted it's not like, you. It's not like any conversation was initiated by him ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're connected at the Bill Frederick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so uh yeah, and so I, I had sent him a couple of random emails over the years, like when he when he, when he was on Breaking Bad. Um I sent him an email congratulating him on being on the best fucking show in the world and, you know, told him he was a good actor and stuff and he didn't answer that. <laughs> uh, and then I had emailed about something else later on and he didn't answer, which honestly, I guarantee has way more to do with him just being busy. You know, I bet someone else is reading those things at this juncture. That, and that's, a, in fact, right before the last, right before, or right I want to say it was either our last email or our second to last email. He said, I might have somebody doing this for me yeah. pretty soon. Mm. So there's a very good chance that he I didn't ever see him. My friend talks about his brother. He's like, this isn't even him responding to any of my emails. Right. I'm not. Right. It gets to a point where it's just like, oh, someone else is just the movie director handling. Guy. Yeah. It's like yeah. someone else is just handling your business for you. So Wouldn't yeah, I, I hope nobody takes that story as like, I'm bitter at him or mad at him because I think he's amazing and yeah. I have nothing but good things to say. I think we should all get people to answer our emails. Can you for imagine? Us, actually. That'd be nice. I wonder what they would say on my behalf. <laughs> well, and he, he knows um, Bush, John Bush, who's my podcast partner. Um, he sent Bush an email a few years ago just randomly because him and some other comics were sitting around talking about different guys from New York that were great, and Bush's name came up. 
So Bill got online and sought him out and sent him an email and was like, Hey, we were just sitting around talking about how fucking funny you were and stuff. <laughs> and like, you know, just sent him an email. And so I tried to get Bush to, I've, I've tried to get Bush and Burt Kreischer both to help me get him on our podcast so yeah. he could tell his side of that story. Is John originally from New York? He's originally from Minneapolis. Oh, okay. But he went to, um, I, I, God, I don't want to talk out of turn, but I think what happened was he went to the uh, Montreal Just for Laughs Fest mm. and he got picked up by a manager there who was in New York. So he moved to New York oh. and that's how... That's how he was in New York for a while, and then his manager died, and he started doing triple espresso. Right, which brought him here. Which how, brought him here, yeah. How long were you in New York when... I was just in New, New York for two weeks. For like, two weeks. Yeah, I never lived there. Just touring. No. Touring. I wouldn't call it touring. I'd call it more visiting and doing a couple shows. <laughs> like, I'd call it touring if I was doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, that's how I would sell it. Yeah, yeah. I try more than one show. I try yeah. <laughs> I try really hard not to make things sound like something more than they are, which is probably to my detriment. Yeah. When it comes you to know, my career. You're on a major but... podcast right now. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> this is like world renowned. People listen to this in Russia. I don't know why. There's just there's more there's more to comedy than just making a cool poster, is the way I look at it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 The cool poster can get an article written about you, but it's not gonna. It doesn't mean you're gonna deliver the goods. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Now what we're gonna move on to is Walgreens, and you don't know this because you probably don't listen to this podcast. Maybe you do. Maybe you're our biggest fan. But <laughs> something transpired. We always talk I'll about I'll listen Walgreens. to this one because I'm on it. <laughs> well, <that's good. laughs> Just like any comic, they I don't listen to shit unless they know their names mentioned. But so at Walgreens, apparently. <laughs> ISIS, this is what the news is claiming. ISIS is recruiting kids that went to Roosevelt in Iowa. They live in Minneapolis now, this kid. And ISIS recruited him, and he changed his name to Abdul Rahim Habil Ali Skeleton. And skeleton. He's, <laughs> I think so. And he was is it skeleton or skeleton? Yeah, like red skeleton. Or? It might be red skeleton. Yeah. No, Maybe I mean he's not. a really good mime. <laughs> and so... The news is now convinced other people that they're in danger. Their kids are in danger of being recruited by ISIS. This like, is someone parents who, think this now. This is someone who actively is going to Roosevelt High School. He went to Roosevelt High School, then he moved to Minneapolis, and then he claimed he'd been radicalized. You said kids plural, though, so... Oh, it's just one So kid. this isn't a thing where they're going after Roosevelt kids? Well, no, like, that's what the news is saying, like, mm-hmm. your kids are in danger. Like the parents, parents are concerned, like in the way that they were concerned about people putting razor blades in Halloween candy, right. which it wasn't really happening. But right. But now this is all the rage. It's almost kind of like rainbow parties when Oprah convinced people there was rainbow parties. Now the news has convinced people. It's radical. Is uh, that kids <laughs> radical Islam is after your kids? Well, Minneapolis <laughs> does have a a pretty large Muslim. Muslim community, but uh, I don't know, man. I I mean I'm not I wouldn't sit back. Have you been radicalized? Well, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't sit back and say that this dude didn't I wouldn't say ISIS recruited him. He if he wanted to be a part of ISIS, he probably sought them out. Yeah, I think right. he was trying to recruit yeah. himself to ISIS. Yeah, exactly. I he don't was think auditioning. 
I really, because from what I've seen, he's the one that said that he was yeah. an ISIS, right? So yeah. it's not like... ISIS wants nothing to do with him. Yeah, I think it's kind of like gangsters, you know, like Bloods and Crips. Everybody'd be in high school. I don't know. I went to North. Yeah. So like there'd be all these dudes in high school that were like, I'm a Blood, I'm a Crip, blah, blah, blah. Well, the dudes that were really Bloods and Crips, you never fucking knew yeah. it. Because <laughs> the first thing is you don't say shit. Do these uh, organizations you know? ever take like a tally or a census? <laughs> like, do we, or is it just sort of a loose? Like, to like be an ISIS is just sort of a of their membership, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I think ISIS would be mad, and they'd be like, "We pride ourselves on being more organized." <laughs> <laughs> we set up. We're not a just some running. We're not the bad news bears of terrorists. <laughs> So yeah, that that's what's cool you now. Take that like, shit to Al Qaeda. <laughs> yeah. We have to meetings. It's cool to be in gangs. Like you know, like gang, people wanted to be in the Bloods and Crips. Now people want to be terrorists. Like they want to be terrorists. It's wow. it goes back to the original thing we were talking about. It's just people wanting to be yeah have something bigger than themselves. It's, they should turn to vaping. It's really hard. Really? They really should. It would be a lot more harmless. Yeah. Unless they blow up in your face, then you're a suicide vapor. <laughs> <laughs> but I. No, I think I think what happens is people I think there's a transition phase like when you get out of high school you realize how big the world is all of a sudden mm-hmm. and nobody gives a shit about you cuz either you were popular. Yeah. Like I remember when I, I I was fairly popular in high school and then I went to you know when I was in college I was playing baseball so people knew who I was. And that's one of the things that kind of drew me to comedy was cuz when I got home and I started working it was like I worked in this factory. I worked at DZ Manufacturing where they make the running boards stuff. for trucks and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's this factory and it's just this plot along. You're doing the same fucking thing for eight hours mm-hmm. all day long. And I hated it. And all of a sudden I realized how big the world was and like nobody gave a shit what I was doing on a day to day basis. And I was searching for some way for people to pay attention to me yeah. I, or, or give a shit or applaud me again. You know, when I yeah. get a base hit in high school, people clapped. Well, nobody gives a fuck when I put this <laughs> screw in the running board right. 3,000 times in one day. So I, I think that's what it is more than anything. I think people just try to find their place. Yeah. And they look outward instead of inward. So that's where you end up with things like this. When you were working in the factory, did you sort of go into a meditation where you started maybe started to write comedy in your head? Or with did you... Um, not really. I didn't even think, you know, back when I was like, I want to say, well, I remember growing up, my, my sisters and my brother, we would do like, there was a lip sync show. I can't remember what it was where everybody came on and like lip sync songs mm-hmm. and they, and it was big. It was like big production. They, they did it like they were actually performing it, but yeah. they were lip syncing. And so when we would be messing around, that's what we would do. We would do lip syncs. One of us would stand up on the bed like it was the stage and we'd lip sync a song. (laughs) And the other three would watch. And every once in a while, I would do, I would do stand up. And like in fifth grade, I did stand up at a talent show. So it was something that was always there. Yeah. But it was something that. You probably just didn't know it was a thing you could be doing. Well, and most people, I. Even my family to this day, some of them don't get it. Like, yeah. they think you have to be famous to ev- to be a comedian. Mm-hmm. They, or especially if you to make a living. Yeah. So if they don't see you on TV all the time and you don't have an HBO special, there's no fucking way 
that you're paying your bills. You're Mm -hmm. just a loser that doesn't want to work, you know? That kind of reminds me of Seinfeld, how his parents were always trying to give him money, like, oh, you take it. And he's like, no, I'm buying you this (laughs) cat. Yeah, my parents wouldn't give me, my parents wouldn't give me shit. Like, my parents were like, what the fuck's wrong with him now? Um, it's, It's only been the last few years. I've been doing comedy for 16 years now. It's only been the last few years that they've really kind of come around and understood it a little better. But... Yeah, um, I digress from wherever we were going with that. I don't even remember, but uh, well, just, just uh, when you were oh yeah, you start to see that scene. Yeah, and so, and so what happened was um, there was an open mic every two weeks at Billy Joe's at Billy Joe's Lounge, mm-hmm. and my sister went to college with a guy who was a comic, and he would do this open mic every two weeks. So the it was every other Tuesday. And afterwards, he would DJ karaoke. Mm-hmm. So every two weeks, we would go to that show and then do karaoke afterwards. And we would do this game we called Karaoke Roulette, where everybody at the table picked a song for you, but you didn't know what it was until you got <laughs> up there. And it was really fun. And That'd be terrible. Every two weeks, I'm watching <laughs> this, uh, this show, and most of the guys were doing the same five or ten minutes every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And the crowd was virtually the same. And I remember just sitting there like, I don't know. I I just felt like, man, if I just tried this, I think I'd be better than at least half of them. So I should just like get up there. So one night I got really drunk and just went to the, (laughs) I went to the guy that ran the show and was like, just give me three minutes. (laughs) And they knew me because I was there every two weeks and I did karaoke and dicked around. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so he put me up and, um, I got a few laughs. I didn't have anything prepared. I just went up and talked and, uh, I got a few laughs. And so then two weeks later, I actually wrote and made a set list and went up and I did 10 minutes. And cause that was the deal. Everybody got 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so I did my 10 minutes and like, f- according to my standards at the time, yeah, I was like, I killed, I had, <laughs> I had the crowd in the palm of my head. <laughs> And, uh, so I was addicted right away. Yeah. So right off the bat, I was like, okay, I'm, this is what I want to do with my life. And so I made a commitment every two weeks. I was going to write a new 10 minutes because all these guys did the same shit all the time. Mm-hmm. That's good. So I wrote a new 10 minutes every two weeks for about six months. Wow. And it took probably, I'd say about the fourth show before I just ate it. <laughs> Like I, I always did pretty well. I was pretty consistent. And then about the fourth show, I ate my Just ass. Hit that wall. That they yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. Now I get why a lot of them are still doing the same things. But they, the thing was, they never changed anything at all. They weren't, right. they weren't, working they weren't developing things. Yeah. And, and that's when I learned, that's when I started to learn that, okay, if I'm going to go on the road, I need to be able to feature. I need to be able to do a half hour. And, so then it was, I had to start developing these jokes mm-hmm. so that I had this strong half hour so I could go perform in front of a booker or I could have a tape mm-hmm. to send out and start getting work. So then I, I learned that I need to start developing this stuff. And so now, you know, I still. Now you did it. Yeah. I mean, now this is where I now am. Now it's your job. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably been my job for uh, 12 years. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, you gotta, the thing is people... You figured out what you want to do and you 
Just yeah, well, and what hard. I did was, what I tell people all the time is you have to design your life around comedy. If you want yeah. to do it for a living, mm-hmm. you can't design comedy around your life. So, I mean, I got rid of all my bills. I had three bills. I had my, um, well, I, I had gotten divorced and I had my son, so I had my child support um, and my cell phone bill. So I could get I could get by on six hundred dollars a month if I wanted to, for a couple of years, yeah. and then as time went on, I made more money and you know, but the thing is, it's volatile. I mean, I you, you gotta it's like owning a small business. You gotta make your good months take care of your bad months. Mm-hmm. I mean, very few comics are booked every week or you know, or have these. Every month is a solid month. I'll have a month where I work almost every week, and then I'll have a month where I hardly work at all. Which, you know, usually when I do that, I just work at the Funny Bone here, and I at least make a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. But How do you feel? I guess I want to get into this after the break, because I have many questions mm-hmm. about performing and the Funny Bone and stuff. Scott, were you saying break time, or what were you signaling to me? Yeah, we had, don't worry, I've had a tech thing. I fixed it. Good. But it has been a half hour, so if you want to. Does everyone want to go to the bathroom? <laughs> together. together yeah. Let's all go to the bathroom together. <laughs> and at, while we're all going to the bathroom together, Luke has picked out a song for us to listen to over break here. So that will be playing then. You're going to We'll be right to back. We will be break. right back after this. Just a bad pet. 
ready? Is it back on, from the Scott? break. We're yeah. back from the break, everyone. Game on. Yep. Yeah, everyone's all peed up and yep. peed, peed out. out. Peed out. Yeah. They've all peed out. That's the call it peeing out. Peed out. <laughs> I've got to pee out. So I want to talk about the funny bone. You yes. perform there. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with it. I've got a cup collection. <laughs> a giant cup collection. Well, you're like this then. Yeah. I have a cup collection of the funny bones all over the country. I'm jealous of that. Yeah, because I work for the chain. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got Cincinnati, Toledo, Dayton, so, uh, Omaha. I need to get. And you can just have them. I yeah, assume. yeah. I mean, I well, just, yeah. I just tell them that I want one. Right. I, I used to have all of them, but they're 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 novelty cups, so mm-hmm. they break really easily. Mm-hmm. So they don't really, if you use them at all, they, they're not going to last long. Like oh. you'll break them in the sink at some point. Yeah. So you kind of so. have to put them somewhere. So n- now when I go around, I'm, I'm going to like re up my collection <laughs> and not use them. So you don't even have to buy the souvenir drink. You just get them. That's right. That's yeah. the bonus of being a comedian. I'm in. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> I'm just like, I know I have to get a drink in that cup. I've got to get that cup. I'm it's part of, as an audience member, it's part of the experience it is. of going to a comedy club. Well, and if you're drinking soda, then you're kind of stupid not to get it because yeah. it's Free refills, refills all night. Right. You get more than one soda, it's probably pretty close to that but $7. I, I like to get the crazy drinks with the funny names, like the banana like peel. Like the rubber chicken. Yeah, the rubber chicken. <laughs> I've ordered the rubber chicken. I hate the dumb names that comedy clubs give God, their menu items. I love them. They I just love have it. to, though, don't they? Well, you you love it, though. You love it from an ironic Kitchy, perspective. Yeah. No, but I mean, right. it's just fun. I just yeah. love to say it. Like, I feel like... You like to order? We're having fun. Right. Like, I do like to order. I'm like, what should I get? Loosened tie? Yeah. I'm getting the loosened tie. I like that <laughs> yeah. I like loosened tie. Every drink you take, you do the Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> noises. <laughs> It is just more fun for me, though, to say it like, you know, to like not just say I'm having a Roman Coke, but to say I'll have the rubber chicken. It's fun. Right. Is that a Roman a Roman Coke? Roman no, Coke? it's like this no, other crazy God, drink. It's blue. Yeah, <laughs> but it's that's fun to me. It's just saying like. I know, get it. It's not. Nice. I mean, that's not the. Uh, that's not native to the funny bone. I mean, there's you go to thongs yeah. and get tea. Yeah. Drinks, yeah, you know, it's fun. Zombie burger. Yeah. But yeah, I love the cups. And I used to always go when the Funny Bone was in Cobblestone, like yeah. by that theater. Mm-hmm. We would go there all the time. They had those terribly uncomfortable chairs. And, and it was just a flat open yeah. room. They had those they had those kind of way in the back. There was a uh, like a step. Mm-hmm. And there was a few tables back there. Yeah. Those are like the It was almost like tables. VIP, Yeah, you know? That's where VIP. all the comics always sat if the room wasn't full, you know. And then the murals on the wall. Yeah, the big picture. Yeah. <laughs> was it all just one room? I w- was it And there wasn't like a bar area either. It was just this little like Yeah, there wasn't the bar was in the back through the curtain and there yeah. wasn't a full kitchen. Right. They had a fryer and they had like kind of some bar <laughs> food. Um, and so the the waitresses, if you ordered chicken wings, the waitresses went back there and dumped the chicken wings into the fryer oh. and brought them out. So there wasn't, you know, there wasn't anybody that was like the chef. Let me tell anything. you my idea for a comedy club, which I think you're going to love. And it's only fried food. <laughs> and it's called the Friars Club. Because all this. <laughs> and I think... So it's a you, winner. Yeah, you might get a trademark violation because <laughs> there actually is a friar's club. But we're selling it with like club. a friar. 
Right. You know, like a fryer, like a fryer daddy. That's where that's where they do all the roasts. The fryers. No, I mean not spelled F R I. Oh, you get like a fryer. straight up fryer, right. like fryers, because yeah. all we have is just is a, it a row comedy, of fryers. Does it have comedy, or is it just a comedy themed restaurant? Is it it has comedy, but you're just eating stuff out of the fryer. Only open mic fucks. <laughs> That's a good name for a comedy. Club. <laughs> open mic fucks. Yeah. I want to name a drink open mic fuck. <laughs> it has to get you really drunk on one drink. <laughs> But okay, so I used to always go there, and then I was like, "They're sending me free tickets all the time. This is magic." And then me and my friend Josh would go, and then we're like, "Why are we getting so many free tickets?" And then we asked someone, and maybe it was you, because and then it was just like, "Cause we make money on the drinks, not right. the tickets." Mm-hmm. And then we're like, "Oh, well, that's great business." Like, <laughs> yeah, well, and that's why when they have special engagements, you can't get yeah. free tickets. You know, if somebody famous is there, you actually have to buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. But and and. They're st- they still sell tickets. Yeah. But, you know, you want to fill the room up. And, yeah. Well, we you, I thought mean, we were pretty special. The profit margins on drinks, you know, and food are are a lot higher than... Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess a ticket's kind of a 100% profit, but... Yeah. Uh, but it's just... But it's but yeah, I mean, not if, having yeah. anyone there. The thing is, any comedy club in the country, if if they never gave away tickets, they'd all... They'd all go die. to shit. Yeah, they'd all die. Well, that's what I was just, I was always so excited. But then like once, and I bet it was maybe you that explained it to us because we were just like, what's going on? We're just winners. Like, how yeah. does this keep happening? You thought you were the only ones winning tickets. Well, and I think, and that's kind of, that's kind of the model of it. You yeah. know, you make people feel like they, you know, make, make them feel like they won something. This it does girl still and... feel nice when you get that email. Like, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, I won. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did. I'm a winner. I, I never can, won at bingo. I maybe have six friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never won at bingo in elementary school. This is yeah. nice. I know. I do sometimes feel sad when it's like you can have up to six people and then it's like just two. That's always like, like yeah. well, that makes me feel sad. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> and then you, I don't know six people. Like yeah. you feel like the big shot and you're like, hey, I got tickets. You guys want to go? <laughs> I got a hookup. A girl at work used to get the free tickets, and she thought she was the only one, and she would send company-wide emails to work <laughs> and be like, I got tickets to the Funny Bone if anyone wants them. I got 10 free. Just let me know. And then one year at work, there was like, I don't know, the owners of the company were singing a karaoke song, and they made up their own lyrics, and one of them was, Alondra has tickets to the Funny Bone. <laughs> so it made it into our holiday party. When they used to send out the, I don't know if they do the faxes anymore, but. They used oh, to send yeah. out faxes. Like, yeah. It's Wells Fargo night at the Funny Bone. <laughs> Sign up as many people as you want and fax this cheat back. So that's like, that's your club. Yeah, club. it's, well, it's, um, you know, the goal was always to get out of the open mic scene yeah. and get into that club, you know. And I would, uh, I've gone to a few open mics over the years since I've been in there. But, you know, where I'm at now... I don't need to cut my teeth. I don't, I don't need to just get used to being on stage and those different kinds of things. So it really doesn't serve my purpose to go to an open mic. Cause most open mics, the crowd is all comics. You know, you got Mm -hmm. 10, 15 comics. It's very rare that there's an actual audience that, that isn't comics. It's part of why I stopped. It's just like, yeah, it doesn't really do you any good to present your, like I earned my stripes to where I can just go host at the funny bone and I can try my new stuff Mm -hmm. there and I'm in front of a genuine audience. So 
I get a really good gauge whether or not that works. You, you're not going to get anywhere playing to like we like I'm using an industry term, but like playing to the back of the room, which is that's where the comics always are in the oh, back of the room. Is that you what know? that means? Yeah. So when playing to the back, I always thought that was a positive thing. I you know like what you're I thought not it, leaving anyone out. You know what I thought <laughs> well, it meant. It, it may be with it, it, it may be musically. <laughs> oh, maybe it's music. It may be musically. Maybe I. But but for I comics, know, I know it enough. as talking yeah. to the comics in the background. Yeah, They're the only ones that get it. Yeah, exactly. And so if all you're doing is stuff that makes the guys in the back of the room laugh, most of the time it's not gonna go over with the mm-hmm. general public. Right. And. The reality is, if you're not famous, you better make the general public laugh. Until yeah. you have your own audience, you're you're not going to work otherwise. But so, you're, and you're skilled enough now that you can do all that in front of a live audience. You can like gauge, a legit. Yes. Hey, is this new thing that I added to the joke working? Right. Well, and it's different too for me now the way that I write because you know it used to be when I was doing that open mic every two weeks. I had notes, you know, stuff that I thought was good or whatever. But you were doing different stuff like each week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and then, but later on, I started honing yeah. things or mm-hmm. whatever. Or I would, I would throw new stuff in the middle. Like I'd start out with a couple strong jokes, do new stuff, and then have good jokes that I knew worked after that. Just so I didn't suck. Like people weren't walking out of there saying Bill Blank sucks. Yeah. If the new stuff didn't work, which is kind of what I still do now. But, um, the difference now is back then the night before every show I would go into my office and I would just write and I would look at all the ideas that I'd written down for those two weeks and I would take, you know, each thing and see if it had legs and I'd write it out. And then if you ever took a speech class, you know how they taught you to make an outline of what you're mm-hmm. going to talk yeah. about, not write your speech word for word. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started right away, which was basically just making a set list, you know, so I would make my set list and what I did was, and this is a trick I'll still still do sometimes if I'm like totally committed to just new shit. Um, you write your set list on a cocktail napkin and then take like room temperature water on stage with you and set it on the napkin like it's your it coaster on the sweat. stool. Oh. So it won't sweat and stick to the napkin. Okay. Oh. And then when you... If you kind of lose your place and you need to see where you're at, you, you just take a drink of water and then you're looking at your set list. So nobody mm-hmm. thinks you're looking at shit the whole time. That right. is tricky. And so it looks, you know, the whole idea is to make yeah. it look like everything's coming off the top right. of your head. You know? And that's what you want to see someone that looks comfortable up there. Yeah, you see like somebody up there the holding a piece of paper. They, yeah. I got so sick of fuck that and then someone getting up there going... Well, I didn't really prepare anything. Yeah. Hey. Well, fuck you. Get off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm with People you. You're not very show. funny. Yeah. yeah. You're not at a fucking level where you can go unprepared. Yeah. No like, one's interested in how fucking bored you and it, are. And it's with... just they're out anyway. Yeah. It's just them going. Because if it's not funny, then they exactly. go, well, I but I've never heard like a, a professional working comic go on stage <laughs> and say, I didn't prepare anything. Right, right. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I would be so mad if I like went there. I'd be like, "Well, then what's happening?" Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so what's different now for me is back then. You know, I was writing, I was making the set list. I was, you know, I was very scientific about it. And what I learned over the years is, and and this is also a benefit of being in front of a real audience is, um, you can write until you're blue in the face, but until you get it in front of people, mm-hmm. you don't know if it works or not. And that's the beauty of comedy is that instant recognition, that instant reaction. So 
um, what I do now if is I go on stage with a premise and I just talk and see where it goes and see mm-hmm. where it goes. Yeah. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But what I've learned is what, what I have on stage that people like is just my attitude, just my confidence and comfortable, whatever it is, yeah. whatever my voice is, people seem to like. Some of the best advice I ever got was, it's not what you say, it's who you are when you say it. And so I know when I go up there with this premise that if it's not going that well, like if if whatever it is that I'm talking about isn't just getting this laugh, 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 at the end of it, somewhere in there, I can save it with my attitude, Yeah, you know, and it'll get me through that night. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll be disappointed with myself. Like I, I did a bit recently about how I was talking about, um, I was talking about women who want to be mothers are really fucking selfish. Like, <laughs> like I was like having kids on purpose is like the most selfish thing in the world. Like <laughs> you're only having children for your own benefit. Like there's nothing, there's no substance to that. You know, I was like, oh, I just wanted to be a mom. And I'm like, that's the most selfish fucking bitch thing you can do in the world. And so like I was doing all that and it, and it wasn't getting anything, you know, cause there's tons of moms in the audience that are taking offense to it, obviously. And so like at the end, I'm just like, you're just a selfish fucking bitch. And like everybody laughed. <laughs> and I know, I know in my head that I did nothing creative right there, but because of my attitude on stage and just my abrasiveness or edge or whatever it is. And that's what people like. Like I saved the joke that night by saying you're just a selfish bitch. And then I moved on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so now it's back to the drawing board. Now I got to think of something creative to put there, but it got me through that night. So everybody's not walking out saying I sucked. It's sort of like in, in songwriting where you have you you have the title, you know, <laughs> yeah. and everything's in that title. You just got to work your way. It makes yeah. it, you have that thing there. You've just got to work your way up, figure to out that. how to get to right. where you want. Yeah. To and go. something starts with a line. Mm-hmm. Like you think of a great line and then it's all about how do I get to that place? Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you get too wordy and it takes too long to get to that line. That line and, might yeah. get the yeah. laugh. But then sometimes you find out as you're trying to get to that laugh, something that is a better laugh comes out of your mouth. And mm-hmm. then it's like, oh shit, how do I reorder that now? And I don't know. And like one thing I noticed too is if you have a bit like that you really believe in, Cause I'll see guys all the time and I hear other comments complain about it. Cause when you go around to like the different funny bones and improvs, a lot of the times the MCs are really bad. Yeah. Um, and, and they'll be doing the same 10 minutes every night and not changing a fucking mm-hmm. thing and just eating it. And, and everybody's sitting there going, God, why, why don't you change anything Add a line, do something, <laughs> right. you know? And for me, what I've found is if it's a bit that you really believe in, I've, I've had, I've, I've had some of my, like one of my best jokes is about how Fantasia can't read. <laughs> you, guys, you guys know who she is, right? Yeah. 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 It's one of my favorite jokes, one of my best jokes. And when I first started doing it, it wasn't getting a lot of laughs cause it was mean, you know? And, but I believed in it and I knew it was good. And so I just kept doing it. And I didn't one change. day it's going to be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and one it is. Was, but, but it comes with going up with a premise because I really don't know what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. But as I kept on doing the joke over time, I knew what I was going to say. So just 
the aura that I was giving off the confidence of just knowing what I was going to say made the bit go over better mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. And then once it was getting laughs, then I was, I just started adding lines and now it's a long joke that just, it's just punch, 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 punch. And it probably took, you know, if I was in New York, I would have gotten that joke ready in probably six months, but it pro- it took two, three years for it to really, you know, really get it together. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering just as an audience, you know, person, how do you feel about having to stand there and talk to people when you walk out? Is that annoying or is it like fun? I never know if I'm supposed to stop or if I'm supposed to just let them go on with their evening. <laughs> like <laughs> nobody is ever going to get mad at you for telling them you enjoyed them. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> We all pretty much got into this because we like attention, especially <laughs> positive attention. So, I mean, I remember when I was in high school, I used to practice my autographs. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know how most people just doodle shit when they're taking notes? Yeah. I was signing my name. <laughs> Billy Burr, number 23. I was, I was a baseball player, so like I'd do that shit over. I had Look, like... Looks perfect. Hope I never have to change yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> And I had, I mean, I had notebooks, like the covers of notebooks that were just full of my signature <laughs> over and over again. It's the most pretentious fucking thing ever. But, um, so I did that all the time and now it's weird because after shows a lot, especially at the major clubs, yeah. people think you're famous. They know they haven't seen you, but they think if you're there, you must be, mm-hmm. you're, they just don't know it yet. You know? Well, and if you made them laugh, they're like, yeah, right. Here we go. Someday he's yeah. going to be huge and I'm going to be glad I had this. So mm-hmm. I, I sign a lot of funny bone glasses. Yes. And especially and they break immediately. Yeah. <laughs> especially if I'm working with somebody that's pretty famous. True. A lot of times they think that like I never signed more autographs in my life than opening for Rob Schneider. Yeah. I was signing I was signing his t shirt. <laughs> They're coming over with his shirt, like, hey, will you sign this? You know? We like this guy. Yeah. yeah. And I, I that was that was one of my best weeks ever, merch wise, because Rob couldn't take credit cards and I could. Nice. And so I was taking credit cards for his shirt he and giving it and giving him the cash, you know? What kind of business is he running? Yeah, he <laughs> Well, that's what happens when you're an actor and then you go back. Cause oh. they, you think on your phone. Was you in there yeah. Well, and that's what I, I have square up. Yeah. That's It's tripled my income since I could start taking credit cards for my really? t-shirts. Oh, yeah, because a lot of people don't carry cash yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that, that would that's be their fantastic. out. They would be like, oh, I don't have any cash. And if oh, there's not an ATM yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. But even, even that walk, because it's a total impulse buy. So even that mm-hmm. walk from there to the ATM is a lot to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like now they don't have that out. They just hand you their card, you know. Nice. And, and Rob they're all couldn't hopped up on rubber chickens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because no matter what, tomorrow they're gonna be like, "Did I really just spend twenty fucking bucks on this shirt? I'm never gonna wear." You know what? I always, I never have regretted going to the Funny Bone. I've never gone and been like, I had a bad time. I regret that. It's no, always been either, a good time. No. Like even the free tickets of people I don't know. I'm like, well, that well, was that's fun. well, yeah. the Funny Bone. The thing about the Funny Bones and improvs, it's. Um, those are the best comics like yeah. that you've never heard. And and I don't say that to say that there's people out there that don't, cause I know people that don't work these clubs that are tremendous comics, mm-hmm. but um, the funny bones and improvs a to headline them. You got to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do have their, their 
you know, there's a number of guys that, that are going to headline those clubs that don't sell tickets necessarily, but they know they're really funny. Well, it's like one time we got free tickets to Doug Benson. So I feel like it's kind of just hit or miss. Cause it's like, how are, how's Doug Benson not selling? Tickets? Yeah. 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 Which it's one of those things where with the special, that's that slippery slope with giving tickets away. Mm-hmm. Cause people will see like Doug Benson and they'll be like, well, I never pay to go there. Why would I pay now? Yeah. Even though it's Doug Benson, you know? Yeah. And so like probably halfway through that week, people are the club itself is like okay we gotta we gotta fill the club up now yeah like Mm -hmm. the numbers aren't high enough so then they'll do a mass text or email or whatever but the thing about the like to feature the funny bones and improvs you have to go to columbus and you have to audition and the manager of the columbus funny bone books all the clubs oh like all throughout Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they're they're the flagship club was that scary audition uh at the time yeah. I'd puke. I was, uh, <laughs> well, at the time it was, it was my eight mile moment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better lose yourself in the jokes. <laughs> so like, um, that's when I got that advice though, that I was talking about earlier. I, I, I was really lucky cause the week before I, uh, I had been working at a club in Ohio and there was this old guy named Jim Wiggins who got pretty far on one of the first couple of seasons of last comic standing. And I, I'd worked with him over the years, a couple of times. Great dude. We all called him comedy Buddha. Yeah. He just died a couple of years ago. He always gave like the best advice. He was just I think I remember guy. Did he wear a scarf or my thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he was yeah. very and he funny. Had a cane. I remember him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, he was always, you know, Bill, you know, and he's, <laughs> you always make me laugh, brother. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but like he, uh, I was nervous about that audition, but I was really lucky because the MC that week at that club, it was their first week. And, um, the MC was a guy named Bill Arendelle, who's from Columbus and, and works at the club there. And so he knew, and I also had a few comics that had come through here that I knew that put in a good word for me. Mm-hmm. So I had all that going for me and I was able, so my first 20 minutes every night was, my audition set. So I worked on that set for a week and then went and did the audition two yeah. days after that week ended. So it was all still right, right. there. Yeah. Um, and so I had Bill watch my first 20 minutes and he was like, you'll be fine with that. set." Mm-hmm. So that made me feel a little better. And then Jim was the one that said, just remember, he's like, just remember young man. <laughs> it's, like, it's not what you say. It's who you are when you say it. <laughs> and that gave me just a little bit of comfort. And it, I didn't even really know what it meant at the time. I only really started to understand that over the last few yeah. years. But, um, but yeah, so I went and I did the audition. And I had also heard that uh, I had a friend that auditioned and he drew number one because he put numbers in a hat. Mm. And the way they do that audition is you'll have one to three guys that are auditioning. And it's a 20-minute audition. Yeah. Um, and then they also have two guys on the show that are already working for them mm-hmm. so that way they get a good audience every night because and they have two guys that they know the that show overall know. won't yeah. suck in case those guys suck and so you're not just auditioning in front of the owner you're auditioning in front it's of a the whole lot yeah okay it's the whole audience which they don't even know what's going on they call it national showcase right. night which would the make audience more doesn't sense you want to see on. how they yeah. react in a um and i had a friend that drew number one and he didn't get passed. 
And when when he went into the office with the manager, the manager said, well, don't worry, I never passed the first guy anyway. Hmm. So I'm like, okay. Uh, so I go to my audition. I draw number one. <laughs> and I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, okay, well, I just got to not let these people breathe for 20 minutes. Like, I just got to stay on them. And mm-hmm. So I had a great set. And I was lucky because the guy that went on after me was not ready. And like, that's one of the things I tell people all the time. Cause they'll ask me like, how do I go audition? You know, what do I do? And I go, yeah. make sure you're fucking ready. Cause if you're not, well, they remember it. Forever. Stand out. Well, if you're not ready, it might be years before he sees you again. Yeah. Right. Cause that's the work. It's the most competitive work in the country. That's what everybody wants. Yeah. So he's got showcases every week and mm-hmm. it'll be a long time. You know, and uh, so the guy that went on after me was not ready and just ate it. And I like I had a great set. So like this dude eating it after me couldn't blame the crowd. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then the next two guys um, were Ryan Dalton and Andy Hendrickson, which are they're both great comics. Uh, You know, and of course, they had great sets. And so I'm walking down the hallway with the manager afterwards and he's like, what are you doing the next two days? And I'm like, well, I'm going home. He goes, well, I need a feature here the next two nights if you want to stay. So I was like, oh, well, I, I don't have sure. to have this awkward yeah. office conversation. <laughs> right. you know? So you were lying to the other guy. He was yeah, lying. He was, yeah. 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 I think what it was was he was because he was trying to be nice. The thing about yes, the thing about him is he's a straight shooter and everybody that's his rep, reputation. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody that works for him loves him. Mm-hmm. And and he is. He's a great guy. And um, that's that's kind of what it was. Like, there's guys that he would say, like, look, you're not cut out for this. Like, yeah. this isn't for you. Mm-hmm. And then there are guys he would let down easy. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, my friend was getting let down easy. Oh, don't worry. I never passed the first guy, you know. Right. So it was like, don't give up. Yeah. You know, one of those type of Just things. Just not yet. Just not yet. Yeah. So I think, you know. In retrospect, that's what it was. But at the time, when I drew number one, I was like, "Block." <laughs> so, do you have like a like a contract with Funny Bone? Or do they? No, I uh, I send my avails every um, every three weeks, every three to five weeks. I email my my schedule, my avails, mm-hmm. and uh, something matches up, then he'll email me back and say. They just kind of find out this week, this week, and this week. Well, Mm. it's weird, man, because, like, you know, that first year, I think I only got one week. Um, And then a couple years later, you know, in the next couple, and he would call me every once in a while, but I'd be booked because a lot of the stuff's last minute. And this is why you have to design comedy around your life Mm -hmm. or your life around comedy because. You're gonna get a phone call where like I need you in Cleveland Wednesday. Well, if you got a full time job, you're not gonna have it anymore yeah. if right. you go do that gig. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of it's last minute. You you know like um, and then like the year that um, the year that Paul died, that year he gave me everything. And I think what happened there because he gets I mean this dude gets thousands of emails a day. So I mean it's crazy. Um, He's in a whirlwind. Yeah, and it's, well, and it's and it's another thing that I tell guys like don't take it personally if the funny bone doesn't answer your email. 
Yeah. Because they get 800 emails a day. They don't have time to tell 800 people no. They <laughs> are in a whirlwind. Yeah. And yeah. Not to mention there's 100 yes emails. Those yeah. are more important than the no emails. Yeah. You know? Um, but that when Paul died, we had uh, mm. uh, a memorial service at the club after the funeral. And all the funny bone people were there. The owners, um, the Columbus guy, uh, his name's Dave Stroop. He was there. Um, and just, you know, 200 people in the funny bone and everybody went up and talked about Paul. And I was kind of Paul's last guy. Um, you know, as far as doing it for a living from Willie Farrell to me, there was really nobody, mm-hmm. you know, and that was like a 20 year span mm-hmm. where, you know, Paul, I was the first guy Paul had seen in that time frame that he believed in, that yeah. he wanted to help and so move he along. So took you under his Yeah, brain. I mean, he gave me that stage to develop on, you know. Like a little baby bird. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> except he was a lot bigger prick to me more than a mother is to the birds. But uh, puking in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, uh, I mean, he was the greatest guy, and he was always honest with me, you know, and he busted my balls. He was just great. He, he You got to have thick skin for this business. And, um, But that day... Everybody went up and talked about him. There was other comics there. There was a lot of people, and I was the last one to go talk. And, you know, mm-hmm. everybody went up, and they got their laughs, and everything was great. Well, I get on stage, and I lose my shit. Like, I'm just bawling. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm I'm talking. I'm getting laughs through my tears and, like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, everything. And then not too long after that, um, he gave me, like, almost every club that year. And I think what happened in that moment was I became a human being to them rather than just another email. Yeah. You know? And so ever since then, you know, the work was kind of spotty. I'd get three to four weeks here, three to four weeks there, you know, last several years. I I still make most of my money off of one nighters. Mm -hmm. It's only been probably this last year that the majority of my money's come from the funny bones and improvs. But, um, but I just opened for Jay Farrow in Columbus um, in March, and that was a last-minute deal. Mm-hmm. I got the email on Monday. Um, I answered the email, and when he sends those emails out, the first comic to answer gets the gig. Oh, you Jesus. opened at the Funny Bone, or in in Columbus? In Columbus, yeah. The first the first comic to answer that email gets the gig because he's sending it out to all people that it's he a knows. Mass email wow, kind of. yeah. And he's sending oh it out to, to all comics that he knows can deliver the goods. Uh-huh. So he doesn't he's not looking for a certain comic that fits or whatever. He knows whoever he knows everybody that answers can do it. Mm-hmm. So the first one to answer gets the gig. Well, I got lucky. Uh email came at I think eight oh five and I happened to just be on my phone. So like I answered it at eight oh seven. Wow. And uh, you need to set up email alerts. It was, Text. it was, get up early. Yeah. People. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was Easter week. So there was no Sunday show, Oh, which normally there is. So it was a little less money. Um, but he gave me the gig and he said, well, if you want to come early on Tuesday, you can open for Chris Catan on Tuesday. Okay. So I went Tuesday, I opened for Chris Catan. Um, Wednesday I was off and then Thursday was the showcase night. So I was, that's another surreal thing. I'm one of the people making sure the show doesn't suck now. Yeah. Instead of the auditioners. <laughs> and one of them ate it so bad. God, it was hilarious. Like, <laughs> I don't even feel sorry for him anymore. Cause I'm like, fuck you. You should have known. But, um, 
And then it was Jay Farrow after that. Well, Saturday when he paid me, uh, he gave me 10 weeks. Just wow. right there. Wow. So, like, just turned around to his computer and gave me... And he probably would have given me more, but I had already been to a few of the clubs within... Because you can only go every nine months to a year. Mm. So... Otherwise, I probably would have gotten the, you know, all I, the only ones I didn't get were the ones I had been to since January. You have to go in between each club. You you have to have nine months? Yes. Okay. Yeah. In fact, at one point he goes, okay, well, just stay on me about this club and that club. Uh, he goes, I got to give, I got to give other guys work, not just you. And I was like, <laughs> I don't see why. <laughs> No, you don't. Well, and I get lucky too because I can do. Sometimes I get to do the clubs um, more frequently than that, because one little niche that I've gotten is uh, I do a lot of urban shows, where I'm the only white guy there. I'm opening for a famous black comic. Um, a lot of the famous black comics want white openers. Why? Because they know that you're not gonna say the same things that they say. Oh, okay. But they, but they also want you to kill. Like yeah. they, they right. don't want a lot of a lot of headliners, and that's the other thing that makes that work hard. Because a lot of headliners, it's in their contract to bring their own opener. <clears throat> so that ta- that even makes that work even smaller for features, mm-hmm. you know. But um, I'll get those weeks, and then I'll get the other weeks too, because I can do both. So if I you know, say he needs, um, say I just opened for like Chris Porter in Kansas City. Uh, six months later, Ari Spears is there. Mm-hmm. So they'll give me that gig too because it's going to be two completely different audiences. So right. it doesn't matter. And then I've also become friends with some people that will also just take me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty good friends with Tony Rock. And Tony will get a hold of me sometimes, ask me if I can go somewhere. Is it just like... Is it kind of like they're taking you under their wing, and are you going to take someone under your wing? That's what I want to the, know. The wing, the pay it, <laughs> yeah. the pay it forward yeah. wing. Well, I've, I've, um, you know, for me, you know, as far as the the clubs, you know, I'm featuring the clubs. Yeah. But I'm usually that's the other thing is they'll give me the split weeks, which is somebody famous is there, but they only do the weekend, so. I'll headline Wednesday and Thursday, and then I'll open for whoever that the is. Special engagement weekend. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I'm not bringing, they'll have local people opening for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I get to bring my own opener on my one nighter gigs. Oh. Um, and that's like the putting people under your wing thing. Yeah. I'm obsessed <laughs> with the wing. Like, so yeah. I have always. And, you know, this goes back to what my frustration had been with, like, the open mic scene here. And, yeah. I, you know, I would put it out there that I needed an opener. Mm-hmm. and it You were opening your wings. Yeah, I'm opening, <laughs> you know, and I'm basically going, look, I'll pay for, if not all the gas, most yeah. of the gas. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. I, w- I drove around the country for five, six years for a hundred bucks a show. Yeah. Not knowing who I was even opening for until I got there. You know, I didn't have somebody covering that expense for me. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I'll be like, you'll make a hundred bucks a show. You know, you drive, I'll pay for most of the gas mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and people wouldn't want to do it because, and almost a hundred percent of the time, it's because it's not enough money, or they have a job, or yeah. or they have a fucking bitch wife that won't let them. 
you know, <laughs> something like that. And I was like, well, you know, you, you got to make a decision because you can't just walk around here saying that I want to do comedy for a living, right. but you don't do anything to actually make that happen. Would they really complain about the money? I mean, at that point, that, like, I know that seems, <laughs> seems like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I've, yeah. I've definitely put it out and that's, and I know that I could have used more tact with some of the things I've said over the years. Um, but I stand behind the message. I didn't do... You just do, were opening your wings. I didn't do myself... <laughs> well, I didn't do myself a lot of favors um, the way I put things, you know? Uh, but at the same time, like I said, I, I stand behind the message. And so what I've always rewarded um, is the guys that want it. I'm not necessarily going to take the funniest guy because mm-hmm. I'm taking somebody that is going to develop. Because it's my jo- it's my job to make that a good show, yeah. no matter who's in front of me. No matter who's under your. But wing. when I when I see somebody that's willing to go to the extent that I went to, yeah. that almost every comic in the country has went to, that's doing this for a living. When I see that, when I see that much drive in somebody, that's what I reward. Those are the people that I take. Because I've always I'll go at the drop of a dime. Any comic will go at the drop of a dime to get on stage and do mm-hmm. whatever. We're mm-hmm. addicted to the worst drug on the planet and that's instant recognition and we'll fucking drive 15 hours for a hundred bucks just to shoot that in our vein, you know? And so when I see, you know, and I get it from a financial standpoint where it's not worth it. Like you're putting on your own open mic here locally. It doesn't cost you anything to go there. Mm -hmm. You might not be making any money, but you know, you're still getting on stage, but you're also, you're getting on stage in front of 15 other comics. Well, I mean, what good is that doing you at the very least? Take your ass to South Dakota somewhere and go into this small town bar right. and make those people laugh. I just like right. to say, if anyone's going to South Dakota, go to Deadwood. It's amazing. I've, been to De- I've done a show in Deadwood. Done God, a couple. Isn't that place so cool? It is cool. It's very cool. I just love how it's just down in this, the gulch. It's called a gulch, and it is a gulch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Deadwood Gulch. Are you and sure it's that's like... not like a Wizard of Oz thing? No, I mean... <laughs> It no, totally is gulch. like I'm a Christian is woman, but no other word for this than a gulch because it's a gulch and you're in it. Well, it's right before Wyoming. Yeah, so and like, you just like you hit Wyoming right after that. Calamity Jane is buried yeah. there, and Wild Bill. Wild Bill. I was, I was mm-hmm. in a play once called The Saga of Dead Dog Gulch, so I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, you know about gulches. <laughs> <laughs> we stayed at the bullock hotel there i think that's what you should name this vagina x-ray <laughs> the gulch yeah what people don't know is that i do have x-rays of my vagina out on display for everyone it's been steamed it's cleansed i wanted to brag is that why that's there yeah, for, is that because of the steaming yeah, you I'm did before bragging. and after x-rays yeah. <laughs> yeah. you gotta check do you have sure an x-ray machine in your basement <laughs> We like to keep all you kinds of things. You should be wearing lead. Is this an x-ray of a cat, so technically a pussy? And- ah, okay. Hi. It's a cat. I yeah. get it. It is. So not- you wouldn't know the difference, though. I mean, just... My vagina looks very much like a cat. It looks vaginal. Yeah. <laughs> that is the vaginal. Now that I look at it, I should totally know that was a small animal. <laughs> 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 what an asshole. You know. No, it's a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's you know. Um, so I have I have kind of a stable of people that yeah I take with me because that you take under your because they'll go. Um, 
How many more times do you think I can say win? Yeah. <laughs> three, three more times? But I don't... Well, the thing is, I'm not really comfortable calling it taking them under my I wing. I think you should get very because, comfortable with it. Well, I don't... Um, Wouldn't that... That's... You're new. You're vaping. You've got your hat yeah. inside. <laughs> I'm taking people under my wing. I'm just not comfortable. <laughs> I'm not comfortable just giving unsolicited advice. Like if people a- if if people ask me stuff, I'll give them my opinion on it. But the thing about comedy is, it's like you got to find what works for you. You got to mm. figure out that. I mean, that's the beauty of it as an art form. You find your voice. You figure out how you write jokes. You figure out how you deal with an audience because mm-hmm. it all has to fit with your personality. If I tell you something. I'm telling you how I do it. So yeah. it might not work for you because you're a different person than me. Yeah, I, I think mean, if I went around, what if I just went around and started acting like you, people would be like, well, what's going on? Be like, yeah. what? I'm just Bill Blanken. He, told me <laughs> he, <gave me> some, <laughs> he gave me some advice. I'm taking it. He told me to call you a drunk cunt in the first couple of sentences. He, he put me under his wing, and this is how I'm acting now. <laughs> Okay, I do want some advice. I'm asking for some advice. There is a saying, and it is, people treat you like you allow them to treat you. And if that is a true saying, I don't want some people to treat me some ways, and how do I stop allowing them right. to treat me bad? I don't want people to treat me at all. I just, yeah, <laughs> just let me be. <laughs> let me be. I think there is definitely an element of um, you you kind of train people how to act around you. Yeah. You know, so do you want to take the time to, are they worth retraining? Hey, if you don't like the way, that's a good point. You know, if if you don't like the way they're treating you, are they worth retraining or do you just training or do you just cut them off or do you just not associate with that person? I think there probably could be no better advice for that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there, I feel yeah. like I have been taken under your wing there, I'm a, and I'm going to take that I'm advice. A goddamn philosopher. <laughs> that is solid. What are we at, Scott? Uh, hour fourteen. Okay. Yeah, well, don't just... worry. Let's not worry about time. I got a lot to say. <laughs> I know you guys got to work in the morning. I can sleep till fucking. Day, right? you know, that was one of the things. I want to know what time everyone wakes up in the morning. Uh, well, if I'm home. Yeah. And it's a weekday. I wake up at about seven because I have to take my kids to school. Oh yeah. Uh, but most of the time, after I drop them off, I go home and go back to bed <laughs> until. Like, what if you're 11-ish. traveling? What time? If I'm, it depends on how late the night is. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, usually I'm not up before eleven. Do you ever have to do radio though? Get up early? For yeah, you? yeah. Like, in fact, this week. I'll have to get up and do Todd and Tyler in Omaha mm-hmm. Thursday and Friday morning. Oh, yeah, you're so going to Omaha. But get... that you can do from the phone, can't you? Can't no, you? I go in studio. You have to go in studio. Yeah, the manager of the club picks me up at like 6.30, mm-hmm. and then we go do radio. And... Oh, you get picked up? Yeah. That is 6.30 fancy. doesn't sound bad either. I get up at 6.30. Yeah, that's what time I I thought it would be like 3 in the morning, you know? I did too. <laughs> Some, I mean, it, it depends on what time the show wants you on. Right. And most shows that have comics on regularly... Not that Because, like, Todd and Tyler, the comics are there every week. Right. Um, and so, you know, you get up. They know. I mean, the show, you're there. You know, she picks me up about 6.30, so we get there close to 7. And I'm on the show with them till 10. Mm. Um, 
Is that fun or is it it's like a blast? Yeah. It for them, Todd and Tyler. <laughs> that that is the best radio for a comic to do in the country. They're the greatest, and because you can just go blend in. They're, yeah. They're mm. you just go and you're a part of the show for the three hours that you're there. Does it go by super fast? It does, and it, it's amazing. And they're the best. And because I I don't want to do material on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. There's comics that that come from the other side of the coin on that. They're like, well, you're trying to get people to show up. You know, you got to... Well, I, yeah, and I don't want those people to show up and see the joke I just yeah. fucking told right. on the radio. It's like putting spoilers it, in like it's movie stupid. previews. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I know guys that go in there and do their fucking closer, you know? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? What is wrong with you? And, uh, you need to take them under your wing <laughs> two times. But like Todd and Tyler, they discourage material. In fact, they'll call you out if they think you're doing material. Really? They'll be like, save it for the stage, you know, shit like that. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and you just become sort of a third host. Yes. And, and then there's those shows where you're doing a call into some top 40 station. You know, you're doing the show the next day and they want a recorded interview and you're supposed to call and give the DJ some setups. Oh. And I always call and go, let's just have a conversation. I mean, any comic that's worth a shit can just be funny in a general conversation. Yeah. I mean, and to me, I look at it like I remember, you know, being 19 ish and listening to like Man Cow every morning. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when he would have a comic on and it was so obvious that comic was doing material. Mm-hmm. I hated that. Right. And this is before I ever did comedy. Yeah. Like I was always like, it was obvious they were doing material. And I was like, this is stupid. Like just, just blend fake. in, yeah. be funny. And so I've always had that attitude for myself when I go on to so different radio Bill, shows. So, Bill, I hear you vape. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So where are you from? I'm from vape Des Moines, City, Iowa. <laughs> from Des Moines, Iowa. Here's all my Des Moines, Iowa jokes. This is fucking stupid. So you're married. Yeah, been married for six years. I'll tell you what, my wife. Fucking stop it. Just talk. Just have and that's why I love their show. They're amazing. You sit in there and blend in. And I, I don't know. I, I've heard that um, Colleen, the manager in Omaha, last time I was there, she goes, I don't know what you did to endear yourself to those guys, but because every time I'm there, I'm on, and they usually don't have the openers. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah, I've gotten lucky there. And I, I'll, I'll headline there every once in a while, too. She'll call me, like, you know, because... Holly Shore goes home Saturday. Like, I need somebody. Need somebody on Sunday. That would be a good punk band name. <laughs> Polly Shore, Shore goes, goes home, home on Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Polly Shore got a blowjob in the green room. <laughs> Want to hear it? Here it goes. <laughs> Scott, you get up earlier than I do. Yeah. Earlier than me and the dog. Yeah. We get up at six thirty. I get up at five thirty. That's pretty mm, early. You get up at 5.30? Yeah. Sometimes earlier. Do you work out? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I have to go. I'm the carpenter. So oh, right on. Yeah. Union? Yep. Had a boy. <laughs> well, we're 6.30. We're good. I'm a 6.30 We're at the golden person, hour. Yeah. There was something in your little... Your, in my write-up about yeah, butt-tucking? Your, well, there was something that I thought was... <laughs> Oh, that I loved. I loved the uh, the braces. Yes. The 
Okay. Bill, we hear you loved braces. <laughs> so. Well, they were pretty restrictive until those kids, <laughs> until those kids started throwing rocks at me. I then I ran thought... and I ran right out of them. <laughs> and I don't know if everyone felt this felt this way, but people with braces were cool. <laughs> Did you guys like they were like cool and popular kids? That's funny. I never thought of it that way. No. I no, I but I envied them. Yeah. Because, because it, it was, was cool. something that you noticed right away. Yeah. Right. Like and it goes back to that attention seeking thing. Oh. Like I was always I was always wanting to be the center of attention, which I discovered in retrospect, but everybody thought that about me back yeah. then and I, <laughs> I thought they were stupid. And I was like, well, just because my personality commands it doesn't mean I'm trying, <laughs> which I wasn't. But there was a thing in the back of my head that wanted to be there. Like, I need mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, braces were like that for me. Like, I saw somebody with braces and I was like, man, if I had braces, people would notice them. Well, and people could and get all different colors of the yes. rubber bands. Yeah. I had I had black and gold. I had Hawkeye braces. What? You had braces? Yeah, I had braces oh, for Jesus. a minute. Did you have it, braces? No, it always seemed painful. I, I mean... Oh. I always liked bad teeth. Did you? That always, that stood That's out. That's what you gravitated yeah. towards? Yeah. Bad I used to, I liked buck teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and so I used to try to pretend I would have buck teeth whenever really? I was meeting new people. It looked That is like hilarious. It. Just but, stick out your top jaw. Like. Yeah, and it wouldn't work. But I, but I thought it did. Like Lauren Hutton teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, see, I I was always really attracted to Jewel. Oh, and she had bad because I felt had a little snaggle. Yeah, yeah, I felt like that made her achievable. <laughs> I felt like that bad tooth made her achievable. Scott, you had braces, right? Yeah. Oh, you're such a cool kid. Yeah. You the the couch is full of cool kids. <laughs> well, it was an attention thing for me. Like I said, like I remember sitting in class and hearing like somebody come over in the intercom and be like, you know, Mrs. Cabetta, do you have uh, so-and-so in class? Yeah. Could you send him to the office? Like, I remember being jealous that that wasn't me. Because in, <laughs> like, in that moment, when they said that kid's name, everybody was looking at that kid, you know? See, that's my nightmares that everyone's... Like, if they called me to the office, I'd be like, well, my life is over. Yeah. And, like, everyone's looking at me and wonders what's going on. And why it wasn't I'm always a negative thing. Even if it wasn't negative, I'd be like, why did you do this to me, Mom? Yeah, right. People are looking yeah. at me. Like, and everybody, because everybody go, oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is my nightmare. I totally wanted people to go, oh, because that meant they were paying attention to me. So you didn't care it was negative or positive. No, I got in trouble all the time. <laughs> I didn't care. I just wanted people to pay attention to me. Middle child syndrome, I think. I'm the oldest. I just want to disappear. I was the youngest, so I probably got more attention than I needed. Yeah. yeah so the yep, you got it. That's a real thing. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, I've got it all figured out. Oh, at, let's say Happy Mother's Day to moms. I'm saying Happy Mother's Day to my mom. She listens to every single belated, one belated well, Mother's Day. Too. She was over here drunk yesterday, having a good time. But I just want it to be officially <laughs> on the podcast that my mom is the greatest person on earth. And undisputed. Undisputed. She listens to every episode of my podcast. She talks to me every day. She is. Well, then I'm not saying shit because <laughs> yeah, I don't want to dispute that by any means. No, you guys can. You guys can talk about your moms too. My mom won't listen to this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd like to apologize to Bill's mom. <laughs> <laughs> my mom will come to it. well, my mom will come to shows sometimes, but yeah, she's not going to seek out a podcast. That's too much work. Do they, do your parents like watching you? Uh, they, or do they get nervous for you? Or no, they do now. I mean, it took it probably took ten years for them to even come do a show. Really, they came out to my first show ever. Like nervous because it was kind of like, oh, this is cute. You know, it was a supportive thing. Yeah. Right? But then when I started like quitting jobs and shit like that, <laughs> it wasn't cool anymore. <laughs> so like, uh, yeah, it took it's, and it's funny because I remember about half halfway through a comic telling me I was talking about my parents, like always wondering what the fuck I was doing. And he was like, as soon as you start making money, they, they'll stop giving you shit. And they did. And he was right. Yeah. Since it's, it's been, you know, I haven't asked anybody for money in years. And in fact, I never did even back then. Cause I, I knew, I knew, I knew basically when I took that plunge, I wasn't going to be able to ask for loans, Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know? So. And you did it. Yeah. So far, you know, like I did said, did you have day jobs for a while? Did, mm-hmm. What were you? What did you do? Easy. Well, I, I had the factory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah, my yeah. first real like full time job. Um, and then I worked for my dad at a warehouse for till I was about twenty five, twenty four. And I quit that job to do mortgages <laughs> because sure. uh, as yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, well, that was when that the subprime market was big, mm-hmm. you know, and you could make, you could refinance people with bad credit and yeah. cash them out mm-hmm. to pay off their debts. And is that um, when you were writing for Juice? You were doing Juice blogs for a while. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I wasn't doing mortgages then. No, it was yeah. all, it was all comedy by then. Um, but I I started doing mortgages uh, just because it was my transition because I could do that over the phone because oh. I was just an originator. Yeah. So like I would get the, I would sell the loan. I paid somebody else to process it and yeah. I paid a lawyer to do the HUD mm-hmm. work and all that. So I didn't have to do shit once I sold the loan yeah. and locked in the rate. Right. So I just sat back and, and made the money after that. Problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was something I could do over the phone. And then it just so happened right when that subprime market went to shit, I had just enough comedy work. So it all just kind of flowed together and right. worked out. And I've done, I still do stuff every once in a while. Like my dad still runs the warehouse I used to work at. Or actually, no, he it's a different company now. Um, but he'll get a hold of me sometimes when I'm in town. If he has like a special project or something. Or yeah. he needs somebody to drive a forklift for a day. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I'll go do it. Because what the fuck, why not? Yeah. Also, my mom drives a forklift. Does she? She can. She works in the office and does, you know, payroll, answers right. the phones, but also she can drive a forklift if someone drops off something. I'm like, that's my fucking mom. <laughs> She's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not, I don't, you know, cause I mean, the thing is now it's just something I can, it's money I can wipe my ass with. I'll just go. Oh, don't wipe your ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very so, wasteful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll still, to this, I'll still to this day go, I'll go do something for my dad every once in a while, but. You know. Does a vendor have to accept a poopy dollar if you... Why are you going to try I don't know. I think they have to, don't they? If it's still intact. It's pr- it, it wasn't torn in half. No, just... <laughs> Tell them it has chocolate on it. Yeah. That's terrible. My Snickers melted on my dollar yeah. before I gave it to you. <laughs> no. I don't think they have to accept it. No one should have to accept do. poop money. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't think they have to. All right, fine. We're going on to plugs then. <laughs> All right. We're talking about poop money. First. I want to plug poop money. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to poop money. <laughs> no one no one do that to people. I just Gross. bought a domain name. <laughs> Poopmoney.org. It's got to be .org because it's a non-profit it's, organization. It's, we're, not, we're not messing around. We're not trying to scam anybody. Yeah. <laughs> It's about the poop. <laughs> so, okay, I'll, we're all doing plugs, so everyone get ready to plug something. I'll plug my things first. Okay. <laughs> well, you've you've uh, plugged how great your mother is. Yes. So. I like to plug my mom again. Yeah. I didn't mean it like that, Scott. For God's at, sake. At point. That's what happened with the rest of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> One, I'd like to plug putting people under wings. I want to take someone. I want to take someone under my wing and teach them. I don't know what, but something. I want someone to say she took me under her wing. So I think that's the thing goal. about taking someone under your wing is you don't realize you're doing it. Okay. Right. Just kind of. All of a sudden, it's they, like they they will say that you took them under your wing, but at but no you point can't, you can't tell them. Like the, oh. <laughs> the only way you can. I'm putting you in. Yeah, the only way you can truly take somebody under your wing is by just being a good person and helping them out and you don't really look at it like okay you right there i'm taking you under my wing come on this journey i think you just want literal wings i do i do i want to put people under them and just caress them with my feathers it's like if i go somewhere with tony rock i always call it the ride the coattails tour (laughs) see people be ride the wings or under the coattails yeah under the wings (laughs) All right. Also, um, get your hair cut by TJ. He ran into Jamie, who's a listener, great person. So go get your hair cut, TJ Spurgeon. He'll make you look very fancy. Also, we can barely course, walk out of here without signing autographs. I know. I know. It's just, Jesus. Also, it's our, so nice you're not annoyed by it. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm, real down to earth guy. <laughs> 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 Of course, our BFPs, the Cold Sweats podcast, listen to them. And Jamie Flam, Gatekeeper, listen to that, learn some things. Great shows. Yeah, all great shows. So who's doing the next plugs? Who's next? Who's next? I can just, you. I mean, just BillBlank.com. You can All see, your info's there? Yeah, everything. Links to Facebook, Twitter, our podcast. LinkedIn. The Blank and Bush Show. Yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I'm the only one that's real advocate. I, I have a, from I've got a thing. I've got like a profile there, but I'm I don't. I didn't never it. look at it or use it. I get emails every once in a while that somebody at it. just connected to somebody, and you yeah. might know or whatever. But yeah, I don't. Well, don't look for any endorsements from me because I've been banned <laughs> from LinkedIn from endorsing people. Yeah. Oh, you can endorse people for like toilets and like these are options on there. Organized crime. Things like that. And really? it's like, I was just having fun. And people were actually using LinkedIn. And then all of a sudden, they're like, no more. This is unprofessional. <laughs> this is a professional network. You've, That's you've, hilarious. Yeah. So I've been banned. But if I can you ever need connect. an assassin. Yep. I have been endorsed for organized crime. And two endorsements for toilets. So, really? Yep. But yeah. Uh, Going to bring back the Blank and Bush show hopefully soon. And is that but, also on your website? Yeah. There's a link to that. It's on Podbean. Um, 
also iTunes. And all the all the old episodes are still there, so you can always go back because I, I kept paying for it. And people should be your Facebook friend. It's a wild ride. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's a I, wild ride. My wife gets mad at me sometimes. She's like, nothing is sacred to you. You fancied up the pond. What more does she want? Yeah. Good yeah, which pond, brother? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Which by the way, that fucking pond got like 75 likes. Cuz it is amazing. Yeah. yeah. I put up a great Trump joke, I get like 15. You know. It's like fuck my life, dude. I put up You got to do manual labor for likes. Yeah, I put up a couple of good jokes and I get nothing. This fucking pond gets 100 likes. It's a good-looking pond. Yeah, I cleaned all those rocks. Yeah, you did they were all a filthy. Good job. You earned those likes. I did. So you appreciate those likes more. Yeah, yeah. You worked hard for those likes. I just put fish in there too. See? They won't eat. They won't eat the bugs? Well, though I think I I got some fish food and they don't like come up and get it. Oh. Maybe they're full on bugs. I hope so. They're getting something I hope or that's else they the would case. die. Yeah, we'll we'll see. They've only been in there for a few days. So. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a couple floaties, I'm glad I only spent a dollar on them. All right, Scott, what are you plugging? Nothing. What would I plug? I don't know. Nothing's too weird. Nothing's too weird. Yeah, I plug it. <laughs> I do. I plug the funny bone too. Yeah, plug the funny bone. Yeah, definitely. Best comics in the country come through the funny bone all the time. You will it's never see fun. a bad show. It's fun. And just if fun. you go, don't act like an asshole. Yeah. Don't yell shit out. Don't, you know, every single person that gets kicked out of the club is always like, they kicked us out for laughing. Like, no, <laughs> no, that's and not you know why you got kicked out. I want these people to know that they're ruining it for other people in the That's audience. what they don't, there's no right. self-awareness. They don't understand. Like, you're about to get beat up by the entire audience. And mm-hmm. when the comic yells at you, they're doing all of us a favor. Yeah. So just shut up. Right. That's always my strategy. People ask my strategy with hecklers. I'm like... You give them enough rope to hang themselves yeah. with. You just ignore them until you can tell. You can sense in the room when everybody else is sick of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you don't even have to be creative. You can go, shut up, you drunk cunt, and everybody yeah. will cheer. Because they're just is, waiting for you to get them. Yeah, from. exactly. So you don't yeah. even, you know. But yeah, and that's what happens. No, you laughed, at, you laughed at a joke, and then you discussed it loudly at your table for the next 10 minutes. Well, there were other jokes being told. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why you got kicked out. No business wants you to leave and stop spending money. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fucking stop right. thinking that. And that would be the hard, that's the hardest part of the, as the comic, you are ultimately yeah. the one that has to Deal take charge it. of yeah. that. Well, and that's a good thing with the clubs. They got doormen. Right. So, yeah. You know, hopefully some, sometimes the doormen are fucking worthless, but mm-hmm. the doormen here in Des Moines are good. They know what they're doing. Um, but there's other clubs where they they're just fucking gargoyles. So it, then you end up policing the room yourself. And that's where the one nighters really help you in your life is you go to these small town bars where you got to police the room yourself. Yeah, I'd like to see other audience members just handling it. That's just everyone working together. Yeah, yeah when yeah. that when that happens, it's great. <laughs> it doesn't happen nearly often enough. <laughs> But it's awesome when somebody just turns and looks at somebody and just goes, would you shut the fuck right. up? <laughs> Let's like, start doing that. God, right. <laughs> what do you want to plug, Luke? Um, let's, well, the the new, uh, is there, what was I going to plug? 
Oh, the new the new website, yeah, Yeah. or the new Facebook page. The my music, my album, uh, has a new Facebook page. It's Luke Ritter backslash Late Bloom. Yeah. Dot Facebook. So Uh, so you can just go on there for all. uh, Feel free to visit. Yeah. Uh, And that's gonna be where all the new albums gonna post anything luke ritter music related is going to post on and that that's Facebook. where you'll be taking people mm-hmm. under your wing taking people under my other uh i'll post you know things from other uh musicians that i that i'm a fan yeah. of and beast village records has a link on there so that's where you can see where the next when the next single drops when the next yep. single drops yep oh we've plugged a lot of wonderful things <laughs> and we'd also like to say um like us you know, on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. We're not interested in any sex cowards. And <laughs> don't hit up the celly and don't text it. <laughs> Good night. Vape on. Vape on. <laughs> I wish I was blank. I Self away. I-